Good morning, world. Good morning to you all. Good morning. My name is Dontier William Lumpkin, and this is Spiritual Moments from the Throne Room, hosted by Apostle Joanne Hall. And I just wanted to come before you this morning and um, give you this word of encouragement and this word of revelation that um, God gave me concerning my marriage, and I believe that it would be effective and helpful when it comes to um, other marriages. Um, So I would like to pray first before I begin. Dear Lord, we just thank you, God, and we honor you this morning. Right now, Lord, I repent for every sin of omission and commission, God. Any way that I have trespassed or transgressed against you, Lord, I ask that you forgive me, God. Continue to create in me a new heart and a right spirit. I pray that every heart is open and every mind is open to hear and receive from your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And as I said before, I just wanted to share a revelation God had gave me about um, marriages, well, concerning um, my marriage. So, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, me and my husband had got into um, a situation, and I told him that, you know, I was like, you know, of course you go through things in marriage, and you have arguments, you have disagreements, but you don't want to keep repeating the same cycles over and over again, and one of the cycles that we would repeat was we get into an argument or an altercation, and we would never really resolve the issue. We would just be, we would just get intimate and just cover it up, and it would seem as if, oh, because now we have become intimate, the situation is, is fixed. You know, we've released our frustration, and now, you know, it's time to move forward. But the one thing that I came to realize was that in all of this, and you know, and over the, you know, ten years that me and my husband have been married, um, that's one of the things that was always, like, I want to say a constant, that we had, it became such a routine, it became such a routine, that now it became a part of our lives to where it was like, it became just just the thing to do um, after an argument or anything. So when it came to our marriage now, we're getting older. And we got married when we were very young. I'm 31. My husband, he's he's 32. So we got married way early in, in our 20s. So there wasn't much that we knew about marriage. But we um, we found ourselves more or less taking advice and getting counseling from people of God and men and women women of God who were in the church, you know, looking for answers and, you know, wanting to know what we needed to do when it came to our marriage. And the thing that we really came to the conclusion was that what works for someone else's marriage may not work for you. What may be a solution in someone else's home may not work for you. But on the, on the, um, reverse side of that, you may get some advice from someone that may work for you in your marriage and may launch you forward uh, in your marriage. So 
those are just things to um to consider to to think about when it comes to marriage and what God intends us to have in marriage so when I was in college um a woman of God came to me and she told me that before she was married, she could have been married multiple times. Now, me personally, I didn't know what she meant when she said it, but she was giving a, a testimony about her and her husband and how, you know, she waited until she was married, you know, to give herself to her husband. She saved herself. So she asked me, she was like, you, you know, personal question, but I, you know, I didn't mind sharing it. She was like, you know, did you save yourself for marriage? And I said, no. I said, but with all the things that I've been going through, you know, I want to become celibate. And she was like, oh, well, you know, that sounds nice, but how many partners have you had? So I told her, and she was like, mm, well, for however many partners that you have, that's how many times you got to now get divorced. And I was like, what? She said, yes. She said, because according to the word of God, when you sign the physical piece of paper, it's not technically when you become married. It's when you and that other person come into each other. That means that in your natural sense, you are agreeing with this person that they can now come to you because now in the natural you have agreed. You have now called your caused your spirit to now come into covenant with that person. So now your spirit is agreeing with that person that now their spirit can come to you and now you can now be intertwined. And that is a marriage. You have now connected your spirit with someone else's. And that's what God initially intended for a godly marriage, and which is why he told us to wait until we got married to um to be with our husband or to be with our wife. Because once you lay with that person in the eyes of God, they have now become your husband or your wife. And she said and, and, and she was like, and if you want to go even deeper, every time you lay with someone that is not your husband or a man lays with someone that is not his wife. He is now therefore disrespecting his future spouse and that person's future spouse and vice versa. If I'm doing it, I'm not only disrespecting my future husband, but I'm disrespecting his future wife because now I've went into a room and I've tapped into something and I've connected with someone that was never my own to connect with. So now, because I've entered into marriage within the worldly realm, within the spiritual realm, and now these things are now these things in my life are 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 manifesting out into the natural, and I'm beginning to see things manifest, and I don't understand where they're coming from, but in reality, I've connected myself with different people who carry different things, and if I don't get cleaned up before I go into my marriage and ask God to to cleanse me and to remove those those spiritual ties and to and to help me to um to disconnect to those spirits that I have therefore connected to, I'm going to now take my old life and all of those husbands into my marriage with my husband. And I, when I was explaining to my husband, I was like, this is the reason why, you know, I chose to go celibate and I chose to do the things that I did before we got married because when I heard these things, you know, it really broke my heart because I realized that I did not understand, one, nothing about sex, and two, 
I knew nothing about relationship, so I could therefore not know really much about marriage. That's three things that I don't really know anything about, but these are three things that that I'm going to need information about when I'm going into a godly marriage. But what's the first thing? God has to be first in our marriage. That means that he has to be at the head. He has to be at the top. So God was took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And verbatim, he was going through every scripture with me. So it says, principles of marriage. Now concerning the things which you wrote to me, it says, is it good for a man not to touch a woman? It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. That's chapter, that's verse 3. Verse 4, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment, for I wish that all men were even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widow, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And that's First Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. So as I was reading this, like I said, because me and my my husband, we had an issue with, um, you know, getting to, into altercations and then, um, you know, going and becoming intimate. And one of the main scriptures that, you know, I've always heard or, or that's always been, you know, thrown at me, you know, in my marriage and um, when I, we would have issues and we would need help was, you're not that that I'm not supposed to deprive my husband when he comes to me and that my husband is not supposed to deprive me when I come to him because I'm married and the, and the bed of marriage is, is undefined and I understand all of that and that's something that I came to understand but if we are under the will of God and God has called marriage to be a holy sanction that means that when we come together in the marital bed that we are meant to come together to do exactly what God said. Be fruitful and multiply. He never said that when I get frustrated, I'm supposed to go and release my frustration to my husband. And that therefore my husband is supposed to come and release his frustration on me. Because now we're not coming together in a godly way. We're not coming together to keep the command of God to be fruitful and multiply. We're coming together to release our anger, our heaviness, 
our frustration, our sadness, all of these things that we have built up on top of ourselves, all of these spirits that we have now taken on into ourselves, these things that we feel towards our spouse, we're not releasing those spirits to God and going into prayer. No, we're going and we're jumping right into sex and releasing those things back to each other. And therefore, we're releasing it into the atmosphere. Because whatever we're creating now, if we're creating good, good is what we're going to release. Because we're doing something holy. And we're including God in it. Because we're doing it in love. We're doing it because we want to manifest something into the atmosphere that is holy and of God. But if we are, if we are putting sex above our God and we're saying... Mm, yeah, I know what God said, but this right here is what I need to release my frustration. When in reality, what you need is God to release that frustration too. So once you have released that frustration to God in prayer, you can now come back to your spouse with a clean and pure heart. And if you decide, not forced, not intimidated to, into doing it, not giving an ultimatum, but because you have went to God and he has cleansed and purified your heart and he has now restored you back into a place of love and comfort and compassion with your spouse. Now you can therefore go to your spouse and be intimate. And because now you have released those ungodly things back to God and taken back on your unho- your holy nature and the righteousness of God. Now, when you go into your mate, you are releasing the holiness of God into the atmosphere because now you have brought yourself back into alignment with the will of God. Because all of these things that we require and we will ask for in marriage, those things our husbands may require of us, those things our wives may require of us. All of those things are accessible to us as we are under the will of God. Because God also tells us in his word that, yes, as a woman, we are to submit unto our husband, but we are to submit to him as he as he has submitted unto God. So if you are a man of God and you are listening to this, you can therefore not require your wife to submit to you if you have not submitted and surrendered your whole life to God and allowed him to lead you and teach you to love your wife and govern your household as Jesus Christ and our Lord God Father loved the church and governed the church. If you are outside of the will of God and you are not submitted under the will of God, you are now opening a door for disorder and discord in your home. Because now you are moving at the advances of yourself, of your mind, of your human nature, of your fleshly desires. You're letting your flesh now lead you in marriage, lead you in life, lead you 
and your finances. You're letting you're letting yourself, your natural carnal mind, lead you in all the aspects of your life. And you expect your wife to be in a good place. You expect your children to be in a good place. You expect your finances to be lined up. You expect your life to be lined up because of all of the things that you are doing with your hand. But where in the midst of that have you included God or asked God what he thinks and what he desires for us? Because the one thing that I hear a lot when it comes to men, and yes, I'm going to zero zero in in the sexual aspect of marriage because now sex has become the number one thing in marriages. And when that falls apart, the marriage falls apart. Yes, sex is important, but it is not the most important thing in marriage. And how do I know this? It's because God has been ministering to this to me. And my husband, he spoke to me. He said, I always used to wonder why God would allow me to get married with someone. And then when I get married, the very thing that I desire the most is the very thing that I see the least in my marriage. And I said, you know what's crazy? It's because that was your worldly nature to be able to jump in and out of beds, to be able to hop from bed to bed, to be able to have sex when you want. You was giving your body out here freely. But I myself did live a lifestyle like that one point, but I gave myself over to Christ and I said, make me new God. I do not want to be the woman that I used to be because if I I am that woman, when I go into my marriage, it will not work. Because I, if I am for this world and if I am for these streets, I can never be for my husband. And what God showed me was he calmed me down in a way. So that when my husband came to me, me and my life and what was on me would now come onto my husband. What does that mean? Well, I said, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And he says in his word, it would be best for us not to overindulge in sexual desires. But if we cannot control our passion, then to get married. What does that mean? Marriage is now a controlled system. So if you are a man with a high sex drive, more than likely you're not going to get a wife with a high sex drive. And if you are a woman... With a with a high sex drive, you're more than likely not going to have a husband with a high sex drive. Because why? You have now entered into a controlled system that was specifically designed by God to bring man and woman in order and alignment to come one before God with God at the head. And now he pours down on this one entity. Yes, they may have separate relationship with God and separate situations of salvation. But as long as they are both in God, served under God, God first, he now pours into them. So now they can come together and pour into one another. And everything that follows after that is now under the anointing of God because the what is on the head will now flow down. But if you are not in God, there is not going to be in heavenly flow. So if you are now in a controlled system and you are a person that is so, so caught up, 
in the sexual aspect of your marriage. Ask yourself, why did I get in this marriage in the first place? Did I get in the marriage only because I wanted to have sex and nobody be able and nobody be able to tell me about my sexual desires? Or did I truly get married because I wanted to come into marriage and do what God said, build a ministry with my husband? Because, yes, sex is an important thing in our marriage. Yes, it is. But so is communication. So is intimacy. Because intimacy leads up to that. If you are not an intimate person and you're not showing your person any type of intimacy, if you're not, if you're not loving that person, especially as a woman, we're mental creatures, men and, mental and emotional, and men are physical creatures. So if you, are not, if you are not tending to our emotional needs, then we cannot therefore be in a, in a good mindset or a good state of mind to therefore nurture your physical need. But God did not give us sex to overindulge because when we overindulge in a thing, that thing now becomes our God. And if sex is a God in your marriage, then you have now taken a, 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 you've taken, taken a worldly thing and made it a God in your marriage instead of putting God back at the front and saying, God, show me how to work this thing. Show me how to be in this with my spouse. Because I can use me as an example for when it comes to me and my husband and what God was showing me. He said he brought my husband to me because my husband was a woman was, was a womanizer. And because God had now healed me in those areas, he has now slowed me down so I can walk with him in the straight plane that he has me on. Now when my husband comes to me, he may be at a certain place, but as long as he is in God, God is going to level us out to where we're going to meet each other in the spirit so that we're going to know when it's time for us to come together and that we will no longer come together in frustration and release frustration into our home and into our lives. But we will now put God at the forefront of our marriage and say, God, lead us now. Show us how to be intimate with one another first so that once we get the intimacy part in together where there's no physical touch, but we just spend time with each other and connect spiritually. Now that we're connected spiritually, everything in the natural that I want to happen can now flow because I am now connected to my husband and spirit and in truth. And he is now connected to me because we have individually been spending time and communing with God. So therefore, when we come together and we commune together over the things of God, over our marriage and the things that we want in our marriage, now we are in the same place and we are aligned with God and what he wants for us and what we want for each other can now come together in agreement and flow throughout our lives. And I say all this to say, let God lead and stand on the sound doctrine of the word. Because for everything that we want to know, it is in the word and God will give us revelation. And I had to get this revelation because I didn't want to lose my marriage. Because I got tired of hearing, oh, I got I have needs. I got to have sex every 72 hours. But what if I can't do it every 72 hours? What if I get sick? What if something happens to me? 
And I can't do those things. But now we done created a routine and now we have made sex the 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 the, the center point of our marriage to where now I done came into this routine for you where I'm coming to you every seventy two hours like clockwork. But what happens when that when when that very thing that has become the most important thing to us gets stripped away? What happens when we've only made time for that and we've only perfected that, but we haven't perfected anything else in our marriage? Then what do we have? Because in reality, God ain't never say that. Man says that. Because man did not follow the original command of God. We stepped outside of the will of God and we took on a worldly nature and the worldly ideals of men. And now we come into our marriages and these things that we have picked up from the world, we now bring them in and we impute those things on our spouses. And when we don't get what we want out of them, we tell them that that they're not good enough for us and they're not meeting our expectations and they're not doing what we need them to do. When in reality, that person can be doing everything that God told them to do. But because that area may not be moving and going according to the worldly way? You say that this marriage is not good anymore? When it was intended to be a godly and holy thing from the beginning, sex was meant to be holy and sacred, but we have now made it an unsacred thing because we are taking the things that we see on the Internet and we see in pornography and what we have picked up laying with other people, and we want to bring them to our spouses and say, hey, become this other person. Become all of these other people that I have laid with for me so that I can be good for you. No. In every marriage, we should be considering our husband and our spouse. Do I want to bring my worldly ways into my marriage? Do I want to take what I did in the world and bring in and pute them things on my wife? Or do when I come into this marriage and God said I'm doing a new thing and I'm becoming one with this person, am I willing to now set aside my old self, give up the eyes for us and become we and create a new thing with this new person in my life? What is the point of you getting married in the first place? Because if you don't have a ministry mind, you don't need to get married. Marriage is a ministry. You have to be walking more in your spirit than in your flesh. Because marriage is ministry. And we are responsible for each other. But if we are not individually spending time with our God and getting connected with our Father so he can teach us and heal our brokenness, because for everything that we do, it it stems from somewhere in our life, an area of trauma, an area of brokenness, something that we have picked up. Now, for me, I can honestly say that the very place that I may find pleasure is also a place where my trauma lies. Because I was abused and I was molested, but I chose to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to make my husband pay for that. Please fix me and cleanse me so that when I come into this marriage, I come in as a new creature. Now, I'm not perfect. I have flaws and God is still working on me. But I was intentional 
with the idea of having a godly marriage because I wanted it to work the way God intended it to. So now I am in this place where, yes, me and my husband, we are going through it in our marriage because God is stripping us of an old way and he's trying to bring up something new. But the only way me and my husband will make it to the other side of this test and this trial is if we stand on the word of God and what he has spoken over our lives. And I know that God was working because my husband, like I said, sex was a major thing in our marriage. And we used to argue, fuss and fight because I felt like I was not meeting the expectation that he wanted for me. And he felt like I was not meeting the expectation that God wanted for us. And when people began to pray for us and speak over us, God gave my husband a word and he told him he needed to go on a fast from the very thing that he desired the most. Because God wanted to break him in that area and show him the correct way to come to me. And to show me the correct way to come to my husband in the marital bed. Because in our whole nine years, ten years of being married, we were doing it the wrong way. So God had to break us in that area and strip us of it. Because we were tainting our marital bed. Because we were bringing worldly ideals and worldly aspects into our home. And it wasn't growing us in our marriage. Because when those things didn't work out, we were at each other's throats, ready to divorce, ready to go our separate ways. Because of that one thing. Yes, we communicated. We talked about these things. Yes, we spent time together. Yes, we went on dates. We dated all the time. We did everything. We had children. We made time. We did everything we were supposed to do in our marriage. But it was that thing right there that was going to be the end all in spite of all of those other things. Why? Because that's what we built our foundation on. Because even though I had a, a, an idea or, or an inclination of, of what I felt like God wanted me to be as a wife in my marriage, when I got with my husband and I was told to submit to him and submit to his ways, I submitted fully to my husband. But what I did not know and understand was that my husband was not fully submitted and surrendered unto God. God. So therefore, he could not come to me and do the th- and do things the godly way and the way God intended him to do. Yes, he was in church. Yes, he loved God. Yes, he is a man of God. But he was not taught right. He was not led and he was not guided right. And like I said, and I know this because I didn't tell my husband to go on a fast. A man off the street didn't tell him to go off on a fast. A man in the church didn't tell him to go on a fast. A prophet didn't come and, g- and give him a word and tell him to go on a fast. God spoke directly to my husband in his heart and said, man of God, you need to go on a fast because I need to break you in that area. Because if I don't break you in that area, you are going to lose your wife. So I want to encourage you this morning. I know I said a lot. I know it can be harsh and it can be, it can be kind of hard. Because these, this is, these are words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And these are things that God ministered to me. And I can say straight out, you know, God may not, these, these may not be the issues in your marriage. These, these, may, these may not be the things that you're battling with in your marriage. But at the end of the day, I want to encourage you that in every marriage that God has to be first. And it has to be God-led. 
If there's an issue that you're going through in your marriage, you and your spouse, you need to take it to God first and allow God to minister to you through his word about your marriage and your relationship to your spouse before you start going and looking for advice for someone else. Because if you get advice, you want that advice to line up with the will and the promises that God has for you and your spouse. Because if it does not line up, you're going to cause a ricochet in your home. Because now you're not being led by God, you're being led by man. And now you're being led by the desires of man and the ideals of man and the wants and needs of man. Trust and believe me, as a woman, we know what our husbands desire. We know what our husbands want and need. But we also know that just as we were given a command to submit to our husband and to do the bidding and be a helpmate to our husband, to be a Proverbs 31 woman, yes, God gave us that command. But he also gave us that command to follow and submit as our husbands are submitted unto God. So I want to encourage you, men and women of God, if you have not submitted and surrendered to your father, therefore so you can submit and surrender your marriage to your father, what basis do you have to stand on if you don't have your father to stand on, if you don't have God to stand on, if you don't have the word to stand on? Because when you came into that marriage, you made a covenant before God, not just with that man or that woman, but you made a covenant with God that you was going to come into this marriage and do it the way he intended it to do, with righteousness and holiness. But I pray that you receive this word. I pray that you heard the heart of God. Through me, because I am merely just a vessel, and these are things that God ministered to me. So I pray that you are able to receive these things. If it resonates with you, receive it and take it back to God. Like we've all been told, eat the meat, spit out the bone. What works for you, works for you. If it does not, it does not. But in all things, go back to God and seek Him for clarity. Amen. Amen.